Welcome to the Student Industry Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood, and today we've got producer Nathan ready to roll. What's up? How's it going? It's good, man. So we uh, we had a great conversation with Drew Dixon last week, author of Know Thy Gamer. And so we thought that we would follow up this episode with another topic kind of in the same realm but not exactly. We'll get to that in just a minute. But before we do, I wanted to mention, please leave a rating and review. Uh, you can do that on any of the platforms where you're listening to the podcast. Leave us stars and words because we want to hear what you think of the podcast so that we can keep making it better for you, the youth ministry leader. So Nathan, by way of getting into today's topic, where we are going to talk about things that gaming has taught us about student ministry. Uh, so yes. last week, Drew talked about knowing gamers and gamer culture and specifically about how to equip parents to begin to understand that world. We thought we would spin it a little bit this week and spend a couple of weeks here and talk about from a youth pastor's perspective, if they've been a gamer, what are the lessons that that has taught them and how they've applied those to student ministry? Now, I want to say right at the beginning, you may not play video games and that's okay. Uh, but I really believe after seeing the feedback and the things that youth pastors are saying, this is what it's taught me, that the principles are worth staying for. So this is not going to be like a review of games to kind of podcast. There are a lot of other those out there that you can go listen to if you want. This is going to be specifically about practical things that student pastors have said. I learned this and it made me better as a leader and as a student pastor. So that's kind of the the setup, that's the direction that we're going to be, that we're going to be heading today. Um, and Nathan, I want to start with you because uh, a couple years ago, we started a discord channel mm -hmm. um, called student pastor game night. So if you are somebody who is a gamer, there's games taking place all the time throughout this, through this discord, we've had youth pastors uh, get to know each other, meet each other through this, play games together, and it's become a really cool thing, kind of a online community where people can come and just kind of chill. Yep. And so uh, you're in there a good bit. Some of our other team, uh, we, we get in there and do things. And we asked in that channel this question about what has gaming taught you about student ministry. And so we're going to run through uh, some of this feedback we also asked in our youth ministry booster community, the same question. And so the feedback that you're going to hear today is from student pastors who have said these things have made them better or developed an understanding about how to lead in student ministry. So producer Nathan, why don't you take the first one and, uh, and we'll just, we'll walk through some of these again, great principles are buried in here. So even if you're not a gamer, stay tuned, this is going to be good stuff for you. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it is always important to kind of look at what's going on around us and what principles can we take from that and apply into maybe student ministry. Obviously, we've done it before. We've talked about like principles I took from officiating to that, or you can take principles from construction, all kinds of different stuff. Life around you, I think, has great applications in other areas. So Absolutely. the first one that we had, I'll just kind of read it here. It says, as weird as it might sound. For me, it was trying to be relevant and realizing that that was a waste of time because um, you'll see so many game companies, really just companies in general, but they jump on the bandwagon, follow suit with what another game does. And sometimes it works, but a lot of times it doesn't. Um, and I think that's important for us to note just the culture piece of that. What works somewhere doesn't work somewhere else. Finishing on by saying was 
spend so much time trying to follow the latest trend, we might miss out on what God may be trying to teach them, ourselves or even our students. On the flip side of that, they said it's okay to use a trend to kind of help drive the point home, but you know, don't waste all of your time and energy trying to create the same, trying to stay with the trends because that's just. I don't know, man. I feel like that's just trying to like ski uphill or something like it's impossible. Yeah. Well, it requires you to always be researching, spending your time to stay on top of the trends rather than spending your time in other places. I think this yeah. is a really key point from somebody. And, you know, you do see this in gaming world, in the sports world, in the music industry. You see something that works and then people duplicate it along mm-hmm. the way. Uh, in order to try to cash in on what's happening. Uh, Eminem has a famous line in one of his songs, uh, and the line is, a million other white rappers emerge Mm -hmm. after he came on the scene and so kind of kicked the door open for that. But it's the same principle here. What's relevant? Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste into whatever we're going to do. And that's really dangerous in the student ministry world because while principles are transferable, every church context is different and the people are what make Mm -hmm. it different. So there might be some things like the positive side of this is like, Hey, let's watch out and see what's working and see if once we contextualize it to our space, something helps us, Mm -hmm. but a just straight copy paste in order to reach relevancy is really, really dangerous. It, it doesn't serve our people well. Yeah, I think, and I think it is easy to look down the down the street, right, and be like, oh, this church is, is doing that. Let me kind of copy paste that because that's what, you know, students down there want. But the culture, even in that church, could be different. We could even misinterpret what is actually happening. Maybe maybe we think it, oh, they're doing it like this. Maybe it's maybe we think it's big and flashy, but what we've missed because we're not there and in that culture is they're spending a ton of time on relationships and that's actually what make, is making the thing work. So I've seen that with game companies too is try to copy and paste very surface level what seems to work when really that's not what maybe that game was about or, or you know, those kind of a thing. So, yeah, I think one of the key points that this particular student pastor pointed out too is that in if our effort is put into seeking relevancy and the most popular things, then we might miss out on what God might be teaching us or teaching our students. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think, yeah, I think we all probably need less time on social media. And so if we're trying to be that relevant, we're probably spending way too much time on social media. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the next one uh, is all about nostalgia. So, and, and I think, I think there are a lot of tentacles to this one. So Mm -hmm. I'll read, I'll read what's here and then we can discuss it. Uh, Volunteer leaders want the same youth minister they had when they were growing up. And the comparison is the nostalgia of the Nintendo 64 golden eye, which was one of the really early multiplayer shooters that Mm -hmm. got super popular and today's game of Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever. Mm-hmm. As the time of recording this, we are just days into Overwatch 2's release. And I know that's we a game are. both of us play. So yes, uh, maybe if we can get through the wait times. <laughs> Dude, last night I logged in uh, and there were 2,000 people ahead of me in the queue. So I like just 
left it up and went and had dinner, played with the dog, like hung out and came came back. It's a real thing. Oh yeah. So if you're not a gamer, you uh, every once in a while games can teach you patience and perseverance. And so we're experiencing (laughs) that right now in the Overwatch world, where more people want to play than there are servers. So equate that to more people wanting to play football than you have football fields or basketball courts or gyms. And so you've kind of got to wait for people to leave before you can get your turn. And that's kind of what's going on there. So anyway, we're learning some patience. It's a really long line of saying, I got next. (laughs) That's right. A real long line. Dude, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but uh, for the older crowd that listens to the podcast, like actual arcades were a thing where you would go Mm -hmm. to the mall or somewhere and like your parents would go shop or they'd just drop you off and you'd hang out Mm -hmm. in the arcade quarters into machines and playing. Uh, One of the ways then that you like claimed next game is you would put your quarter up on, there was like a little tray and you would Mm. put your quarter on the game yeah, as a way to say like, this is my spot in line. And I can just imagine 2000 people (laughs) all standing that technology, technology has advanced to a point where we don't need to put 2000 quarters on top of the machine. It's a a lot of quarters. They might break the, break the arcade machine. Uh, Somebody's going to run off with them. That's right. <laughs> in this, in today's world. But the nostalgia thing is, I, I think is, is a really important point because not only do, so, so let's, the setup of this is sometimes you have volunteers choose to, to join you in ministry. They've said yes to your recruiting efforts because they had an incredible youth ministry experience and they remember that youth pastor that really impacted them. And so their view of student ministry is it should be like I experienced or even the memory of what I experienced, mm-hmm. which I think is even more powerful sometimes than what you really experience. Because if you were to load mm-hmm. up Golden Eye right now, like I, there's just better games. Like yeah, th- that's for sure. The, that's the reality of the situation. And so, like the graphics are bad, the movements bad, the jumping's bad. It's it's nostalgia, not reality. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a challenge. And causes the student pastor to have to react and train and, and all of those things that we say. It also can be a really, really great thing because you don't have to convince buy-in. You just mm-hmm. have to convince of mission and how ministry is happening right now. The other side of that, though, Nathan, is that there are student pastors who lead the way they do because of the nostalgia of their student pastors. Mm-hmm. Like their, their student pastor growing up had such an impact on them that they came into ministry. Maybe they even interned with that person or came back as a weekend retreat leader. But the way that they do ministry is largely based on the ministry that they themselves experienced or the memory of it. And that can be really, really positive. can also have some, some negative challenges in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially if that student pastor really, if you're modeling their form of, uh, or like discipleship time, relationship time spent with with students who really pouring in, that can be a hugely positive thing. If if we're just modeling, man, we did we did one lock in a month, then I don't know if that's the answer <laughs> of how we want to replicate that nostalgia. But anyway, I know we pick on lock ins a lot, but you know that's they're that's fun right. to pick on. Yeah, and you know, I think if you're one of those student pastors that's leading that way, and you kind of sit and evaluate and say, because one of the things we hope you do through the podcast is that you have a couple moments of thinking and self-evaluating. Okay. Why do I do the things in ministry that I do? Is it because God put that in in your heart? Is it because that's the way you experienced it? And so you're doing it the only way, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Right. 
But again, I would challenge that point and say a group of people is different than another group of people. And so not only is time different based on when you were in high school or middle school and now as a leader, but also the people are different. And I'm a big proponent of learning your people and doing like that. We've called it on the podcast before and in other training stuff that we do, that cultural exegesis to Mm -hmm. study and know your people so that you can do the best ministry for them, not just the best ministry you've seen or experienced. Yeah, for sure. Another one we had here on the list, it was put kind of like this, but sometimes it's important for students just to sit side by side and enjoy an activity together. And what they mean by that is um, if you ever worked with students, sometimes you, you, you know, you can sit down and try to have a conversation and it's like pulling teeth. But as soon as you pull out the football or maybe you pull out a board game or maybe you pull out the Nintendo, maybe, or maybe it's the Xbox or whatever you're pulling out, but you're actually doing an activity in it. So we're going to kind of focus almost like focus air quotes, right? Focus yeah. on this other activity. And then you can, I've, I've seen many students start to open up, you know, walls come down a little bit because it shows them, I think that you're invested in what they like to do and want to be a part of what they are enjoying and not just, um, I don't think we're there hopefully just to be like, Oh, I had the conversation with this student. All right, next student, like a checklist type deal. But you know, students sometimes maybe can take things a different way. So hopefully it's us getting into their environment, sitting down beside of them and students, I think need to sit down and have those, you know, conversations too uh, in an environment where, it's a little easier to have the conversation. Yeah. I think this one is actually really important for us to think through as we plan student ministry and program student ministry in the gaming world. I think this particular style of gaming is becoming lost and ancient. Uh, I think the Oculus and VR mm-hmm. is trying to maybe get a little back here, but even that is done solo. Mm-hmm. The other people have to kind of sit in the, in the room and wait their turn. The other thing is uh, the side by side Mario Kart. I think that's why Nintendo continues to be relevant. I think that's yep. why things like we several years ago and the switch now, because you're still promoting being together and playing. Whereas a lot of console and computer games right now are focused on multiplayer being only through the online environment. So like producer Nathan and I play games together, but we're not sitting in the same room. And that, that is, that is a little bit different. I believe Mm -hmm. that relationships can be developed in a digital space. I believe friends can be made. I believe all of that is possible, but I still think it's different. Mm Mm-hmm. Years ago, we used to have LAN parties and everybody would pack up their computer and bring it and we'd all put them in a room and we would all play Mm -hmm. together and significant relationships were developed alongside those things. So the student ministry application here is, are we still carving out environments for students to truly be together, to maximize the moments where they're in the room, Mm -hmm. where they can sit by side and sit side by side and experience something together. Culture is developed through shared experiences. And so whatever Mm -hmm. culture you're trying to develop in your student ministry, the shared experiences that you design and give opportunities for them to organically take place are going to be very, very important in order to construct what you're, what you're trying to build. And so this side by side thing, I think is a big deal. It goes back to ministries about relationships. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think think back to all that we see in the Gospels with Jesus and the disciples, and it was side by side ministry, you know, doing yeah. ministry. So, yep, yeah. All right, here's the next one, uh, and again from feedback from our Discord channel, uh, Student Pastor Game Night, as well as our Youth Ministry Booster community. Um, so I want to thank everybody that participated in that. But watch before you play. Uh, you can try before you buy. Twitch, uh, online streaming platform, gives you a way to watch a game before you purchase it now in a way that has has not been around until that launched. Um, sometimes students need to be able to just sit back and watch what's going on before they decide to get involved. Mm -hmm. I think this is a big learning, especially if you have done ministry for a lot of years, because you can remember doing ministry, having an event and seeing a bunch of people either on a Wednesday night or at your event, you, you have seen the day where you do something and a lot of people come to know the Lord that night. They're first time mm -hmm. guests, the gospels presented, they say yes. And they, they walk a Nile or talk to a counselor or whatever way it's done. That does not happen as much now. Now, the, temp mm -hmm. the temptation there is to say, well, that means evangelism isn't happening as much. But I don't know that that is, is actually accurate. I think this is the reason why. It's because teenagers are sitting back and taking in and evaluating before they decide to get involved. Mm -hmm. They're watching before they try. And so I say this as an encouragement. If you have been in ministry a long time and you you had seen the days of have an event, first time guests come, they give their life to Jesus and they're like a lot of that happening. Don't be discouraged if that's not happening. Don't give up those things, but just know that they're wanting to watch and discuss and ask questions and kind of this try before you buy mentality before they say, I'm willing to be all in on a relationship with Jesus. And that's actually a positive thing for discipleship because mm -hmm. they're counting the cost. Like scripture tells us, count yep. the cost. And I think that's what's going on. So don't walk away from the, the evangelistic efforts. Those things are still happening. And like sizable numbers of people, come, like those things are still happening, not as frequently, but I think it's because of this. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think sometimes I think this should hopefully help us create whenever we're working through. I think I feel like events, especially, but whenever we're doing event type stuff to make sure that we kind of create that moment for them to be able to come and and really basically what I mean by that is have no expectations for like, hey, if you're going to bring your friend like it's intimidating if someone's bringing their friend and maybe they're a little bit more introverted and you're pushing, forcing everybody to play this big, messy game, right? Or everybody's going to do this type of an activity or something like that. So maybe th we need to think about how to create some time and spaces for people just to come and bring their friend and just see kind of what's going on. Um, I, and I think sometimes it's easy for us to be like, oh, man, just jump in there and get it. And then we walk out of out of the Wednesday night and we, we Thursday, we're like, our friends like, come join my gym. You're like, I'll try to wall for a bite or I'll check this show out for a few before. I, and our whole vocabulary and marketing structure now is try before you buy. Right. Everybody's got a free trial yep. for this or whatever. Now, granted, they all know they're getting your credit card up front and they're hoping that you end up forgetting to, you know, <laughs> stop subscribing or whatever the case <laughs> is. But, you know. 
But I think I think students have honestly picked that up more from us and adults as in the culture. And so what does it look like to create some events, uh, some spaces, some times and ability for students to bring their friends or just guests to come, but but not feel the pressure of maybe jumping head first yeah. into the deep end, right? Like I have a former aquatics background for me. Uh, some people swear by it. It is a horrible method to just throw somebody into the deep end and hope they hope that they swim. Those are usually the people that uh, hate water for the rest of their life. Anyway, just side note. <laughs> Coming from the aquatics, you may not know of Nathan's aquatic history, but it is there. It is <laughs> That's there. right. Man, I agree with you. And before somebody, like the temptation at this point is going to be, but Christianity isn't something you try. Like Jesus demands more of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I agree with you. They're not, they're not trying it in that sense. Correct. They're not saying, I'm going to act like a Christian for five days and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. They're trying it in the sense of, I want to really think about this decision because it sounds like a big deal. Yeah. And I want to be able to discuss and ask questions because this sounds like a big deal. And that's yeah. where I would say that's a positive, that's a positive thing. It also reinforces once again, the relationships and us training our students to be able to answer those questions, training our volunteers to sit in conversation with people and training ourselves to be able to do the same thing. Like I am willing to walk with you through this mm-hmm. process, even if it takes weeks or months for you to finish your quote trial experience. Yeah. For sure. I know that's not a good theological word in terms, but hopefully you right. guys get the idea here. Yeah, yeah. No, I think All that's right, what really do we got good, next. Really good point. Um, next, uh, another one is there are a lot of ways to approach and solve a problem. I, I really like this one: developing an attitude of tenacity and sticking it out until we figure it out. I think games have done a really good job. It, some people would, maybe if you're kind of anti-game, you might not, you might balk at the statement, uh, but games really do uh, do a really good job of helping us realize. Uh, some problem solving skills and also tenacity and sticking it out. I don't know if you've ever uh, played. Well, I, I do know a lot of the games you've played, Ben, but, but for the audience listening, there are games out there that are, you know, single player games and it's, there's one way to do it and it is repetition until you can get it right. Uh, and it can be really frustrating and it's not just as simple as, I don't know, throwing the ball down the field or driving the car around, but it's it can take time and practice. And it's a whole genre of games that people pride themselves on of like, oh, I beat this game on this difficulty, you know, kind yeah. of a deal. So, yeah, uh, it is insane. Uh, there are some of the things that games will require you to do. And you're right. Some of it is. I have to build this repeatable pattern over and over and over and over. I have to dodge this. I have to jump over this. I have to attack here. I have to block here. And those are the things that you have to memorize. Almost. Mm -hmm. I know what this enemy is going to do over and over and over and over and over until you get it right. And I think there is some of that in our leadership as well. There's some Mm -hmm. of that in leading a student ministry in our own spiritual disciplines in doing those things over and over and over and over and over and building up as we lead in student ministry, there are some things that you don't need to change the process on. You can recruit a volunteer and you can find the process that works for you and your church. And we have lots of resources at student ministry that matters on YouTube, other podcasts we've done on this same show. Uh, our teammates, Zach and Chad and the youth ministry booster podcast, we all talk about these things and help you build systems. And when you find a system, you can repeat that system. 
you can make small tweaks rather than large tweaks and you can do it over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again and get it right. Then there's another kind where you can take multiple approaches to solving a game. Mm-hmm. You can, I would, I would say red dead redemption two is one of these options. Like there mm-hmm. are, it is open. Uh, the Zelda breath of the wild and the recent Zelda games mm-hmm. are the same way. It is not Mario brothers that there is, you just go through it's you go through the path, right? Make sure you dodge that turtle at that moment. Right. That's and funny. the, the, Sekiro is the game that has uh, uh-huh. has caused me almost to throw my remote control uh, several <laughs> times. But um, there are several ways to approach a problem and to figure it out. And it, you don't have to take the singular path. Mm-hmm. And in this, what I would, would encourage you as student pastors is to not be so locked into the way that we think it should be done that we can't hear the input of students, leaders, parents, other youth pastors that could help us upgrade Mm -hmm. the process that we're running. Um, There are a lot of different strategies that can take place. Uh, We talk about how your mission is unchanged. Like you, you hold your mission with a closed fist. Don't let people talk you off of your mission, but the strategy and the how you approach accomplishing the mission can be changed and adjusted based on people and based on feedback. And so in this instance on what gaming has taught in this principle, I think is to surround yourself with people that help you think about things in a different way. There might be another way to approach that's better, simpler, more effective than the ways we just always do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the the next one, uh, know your audience and culture. Ben, do you have a phone? <laughs> I do. I, I, I do, do too. Why don't do you, you want to uh, play every game on your phone though? <laughs> this is such a thing. So like Nathan, why don't you, uh, Nathan and I shared an experience um, at a convention called BlizzCon. There's a, a major game uh, design company called Blizzard. They have a conference, had a conference every year up until 2019 was the last one. Nathan and I were at this conference together and, well, this actually was said in 2018, yeah, 2019, we were there. So why don't you yeah. let the audience in on this joke of <laughs> don't you have phones to kind yes. of break down what this principle is of knowing your audience and culture? Yeah. So, so Blizzard, uh, they were going to, they were, they started announcing that one of their huge games is Diablo. I mean, it's been around for 15, 20 years now, multiple iterations of that game, huge following, huge fan following. And so at BlizzCon 2018, they decided that they wanted to create a new version of Diablo and they played the trailer and everybody was getting super excited for it. And then they uh, and then right at the end of it, the trailer simply said like mobile game and they didn't say when it was going to be available. But as soon as it said mobile game and it was not going to be a game that you could play on PC or a console, the crowd literally revolted. Uh, and so you could hear in the live thing, you could hear, you know, people being like no's and boos. And what the response was from Blizzard was like, why wouldn't you all want to play this? Don't you all have phones? But I think it was a great lesson in the fact that they misunderstood who their audience was. And, and a game like that, like Diablo, like it, it is pretty hard, I think, to try to play that on a phone. Uh, and maybe they figured out a way because the game actually has now released, but not maybe not quite to the success they had hoped. 
And whenever we were at BlizzCon 2019, they actually did announce the next iteration of Diablo. And I think that ha- comes from this, from the fact of that. But really, I think that they really missed who their audience was. And they were like, well, everybody's got a phone. Everybody will play it. And so I think sometimes it's easy for us to be like, well, everybody does this, so they will also then do this. But just because I'm a, a gamer and I play on my PC, I don't play that many games on my phone, right? Lately, the only game I've been playing on my phone is chess. I don't actually enjoy playing games on my on my yeah. phone. So I think we've got to take the time to really understand and know who our audience is. They may be gamers, but that you know how we apply that may be different. They may be really into sports, but that doesn't mean they always want to play a sports activity, right? I think we can make that mistake as well. Yeah. Uh, in, in student ministry. Yeah, I think so too. And I, th- I think if you know one teenager, you know them all is kind of a faulty way mm-hmm. to approach knowing your audience. And so I think saying to a primarily computer gaming audience, our big release coming up is a phone game is just a tone deaf, I don't Mm -hmm. know my audience statement. Now they could still create it, Mm -hmm. but taking the keynote moment to say, this is the big deal is I think the blunder there. And so knowing your audience and where to announce things and what to talk about is really key. You know, Chad on our team, Chad Higgins, Mm -hmm. many of you know, uh, him, he talks about, uh, a situation that he has had. He uses this in illust- as an illustration in some of our training stuff where a student pastor was giving an announcement and talking to parents about camp in the same way that that person was giving announcements and talking mm-hmm. to middle schoolers about camp. And those things should be very different. Mm-hmm. What you highlight for middle schoolers when you want them to sign up for camp is different than what you highlight for parents when you are asking them to sign up their kids to come to camp. Yeah. And to not know the moment and to speak in such a way that honors the audience and says, I know you and what you're wanting right now is, uh, is a mistake. And I think this can translate to preaching, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, to not know the audience. And like, sometimes we get in the pattern of using only the illustrations that matter most to us, the things that we do. And then we preach a message and the illustrations that we use Mm -hmm. might be about the classic example here is college football when maybe only 20% of your audience even cares at all about that or even knows about it. Mm -hmm. So knowing your audience is a man, I'm glad you had this one in there. It is a <laughs> a big one. Yeah. Uh, another one we had here on the list was, and I think this is huge. This is this is kind of the one I was bringing to the table. We mentioned it a little bit a little earlier, but it's students really want to collaborate. We've seen huge success in the gaming world. Has seen huge success in games that are multiplayer but not competitive they're not against each other they're they're collaborative they're multiplayer with each other so like minecraft roblox uh, a bunch of other games and so i think this is huge is that students really do want to be creative um and so even in myself like others i love to play i'll I'll sometimes we'll go from playing something competitive like an overwatch uh with my friends to just playing 
a game called Satisfactory where you're just building factories and conveyor belts. And maybe that hits on my one side of wanting to make things to be efficient. efficient. I don't know. <laughs> but like right. it's a, it's such a fun game because it's a wide open space that is creative. And I don't want to go drive up to my parents' house and get on the lathe and make a pen. Or I don't want to go pull out the mixer and actually make something hands-on and bake in the baking world, which are always I'll also love to be creative, but sometimes it's nice just to play a game that helps you be creative. And students, we're seeing that. We're seeing them be collaborative. We're seeing them be creative. We're seeing that sense of community come from building who knows what, you know, in Minecraft or what or other games like that. And so I think that's the the point I wanted to make was help students be creative in building the student ministry. We know yeah. there's a ton of work to do in student ministry. We know we can't do it all. And I think sometimes we we maybe are missing recruiting and utilizing the people that are right in front of us because maybe we're just afraid it won't be how we want it done. But I think that probably is what's important for us to note is it might not need to be how we necessarily would like it done. But we need to have students who help create it, the student ministry that reaches their friends, that helps them. Um, and that, I think that's a huge part of discipleship, too. Uh, I, we, we just finished Etch, to, Etch a couple of days ago, and this is one of the things I said about that. Uh, utilize students to help make social media graphics. And I was like, that is a key part of discipleship. And if you're wondering, like, well, how is making a graphic discipleship? Well, think about it this way. If you're sending a student now, granted, again, like you're not giving them free reign to just post whatever they want on Instagram. You know, there's right. guardrails there for sure. Maybe they're, Maybe you still do all the posting. They send it to you. But think about it in this sense. If you send that student a week, two, three out your sermon series and you've asked them to create a few slides or social media graphics about that with the key verse in the scripture, they've got to look at your points before you preach it. They've got to read through that scripture and see it multiple times while they create the graphic. Um, and, and they're going to be in that lesson creating slides and content for you more than any of the other students are. And I think that in and of itself is a piece of discipleship because they're, they're seeing that. And then whenever you go to preach it or bring that lesson, they're hearing it again and they're being reiter- it's being reiterated to them over and over. And so I think that's another way to kind of look at the discipleship piece of this. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, it, it is discipleship and it's smart. It's smart leadership at mm-hmm. the same time. And those, those two things go together. The best games I think are the games who listen to their communities mm-hmm. and actually make changes based on what's happening because you yep. can design something and you can create something and it can be wonderful. But then when people get into it, they're going to do things that you didn't expect them to do. It's going to land yep. on them differently. And the same thing is true for ministry. And so when we build teams of people to give us feedback, Mm -hmm. they can become part of the collaborative process that plans, programs, runs the ministry. When we give access to that, they're more bought in and they're more excited about things that they help collaborate on and help build. Mm -hmm. Same thing is true in the gaming world. Same thing is true in the student ministry world. So give your students, parents, leaders. It doesn't mean you're putting them in charge of you. But give them opportunities to speak into and influence what the ministry looks like. They are drawn to collaborative environments together, and they're going to be more excited about things they help build. Yeah, absolutely. That is that's a great point. I've seen that in there. I know of several games who do that. The developers are active on forums. They're active in their communication and their fans for those games are incredibly loyal. And when stuff does break in game, there is a ton of grace given. And so they don't just walk away because, oh, it's not how I want it to be. It's a very much a let's work on this together aspect. And I think it's a it's a it's a beautiful picture of community. So 
it really is. Well, if you're a gamer and you would love to uh, hang out with us, other gamers um, through Student Pastor Game Night, you can find that on Discord. Just search Student Pastor Game Night. There's a logo there and everything. Uh, and so you can find out what people are playing and jump in. We'd love to have you. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.